Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're turtle bros and bashing all of our foes now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you, the blast every other week. Come on, shop. It's time to let our geeks speak. I hear you, Rob. My geeks speak has crazy tech. We both love Marvel. He loves DC. We're both big nerds since 83. Welcome back, fellow geeks, for another episode of Geek So To Speak podcast, your source for all things geek. It's Wednesday, November 6th. I had to just double check. Yes, it is, in fact, Wednesday, November 6th, and we are back, finally, <laughs> finally, with new content for you loyal geeks out there. I'm your your lovely co-host, Wonder Rob, and on the line with me, my best friend in the whole wide world, the yin to my yang, the chef to my... Boyardee, the Ronald, to my McDonald, Schaff. How's it going, Schaff? Yo, 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 What up? It's your boy, Schaff, coming at you live, but not really, from Sedones. Sedones. That's going to be your new nickname, Sedones. Sedona Schaff. Sedones. I'm writing it down. Sedones for later. All right. I've got, well, I've, I've got a Sedona right now. <laughs> oh God! Hold on, I'm I'm crossing out Sedones <laughs> and replacing it with Sedona. Very comfortable Sedona. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> comfortably hard Sedona. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, haven't you guys missed this <laughs> this this banter between me and Shaw? That's right. Oh boy. Well, we are back. Uh, we did miss last week's recording, everybody, uh, because of me. I was, uh, well, I'll just say I had it coming out both ends, everybody. <laughs> it was right. not good. <laughs> not good That's at right. all. He, he, put, he, put glitter, he put glitter in his mouth and up his butt, and then it just came out. It was like, I was like a reverse Chinese finger trap. Ooh. If you can use that as a visual. The reverse. <laughs> so there was nothing being trapped, basically. There were just things being expelled. <laughs> On both ends. But good news, I'm all better now. And yes, I have passed it on to my wife and 11-month-old boy. Aw, nice <laughs> so, share. Everybody's dying <laughs> in my house except for me, and I'm feeling smug about it. Like, yeah, that's right. Feeling Deal with it. Smug about it. Deal with it. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Again, <laughs> we are back. Now, I don't want to spend too much time talking about diarrhea because we got... So much more to talk about, Shop. But uh, if this is <laughs> if this is you, the listener, your first time listening to us, well, hey, good for you for sticking through all that. But of course, like I said, we're your source for all things geek. Of course, that means movies, TVs, trailers, uh, video games, comics, and everything in between. If it's geek, we talk about it, and we do have a smorgasbord of content for you today. We have a lot of making up to do, Shop. Lot, lot of it. Making out or making sure? Out? Why not? Hold on, add that to the list, everybody. <laughs> we are your number one makeout podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 
Thanks for subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend <laughs> about this about this podcast. Uh, but before we do anything, before we get into anything shop, I want to give our listeners a, just a friendly reminder, just a gentle bump in the right direction. If you haven't subscribed to us already, please subscribe. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes, please leave us a review because I'll, I'm going to make a solemn promise to you right now. If you review us or you get your friends to review us we're going to give you an extra special shout out on the show extra special right shop oh the most special of special it's the kind of special that makes you feel special down below and uh we'll just leave it at that (laughs) if you don't know what we're talking about and you're a new listener just uh go back into the archives listen to one or two past episodes and you'll catch our drift oh i'm gonna cough shop Cover for me. He's, he rhymed. He said he's going to cough shop. Oh, man. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know that was going to rhyme. All right. <laughs> okay. So now that uh, that bookkeeping, housekeeping's out of the way, Shaf, how's it been, man? It's been Dude. it's been a hot minute since we've recorded. It sure has. It how's sure everything has. going on your um, side of the planet? Dude, it's so nice. It's so nice. Uh, the way I got my schedule working out right now, it's just really spending the equivalent of like a day and a half in in uh phoenix and then the rest of the time is up in sedona and the weather has been gorgeous it's been chilly which has been nice because i like it cold like my Mm. like my soul like my heart um sam would wiki um anyways (laughs) um no it's been really great um i actually surprised ssg with uh um, a board game. One thing that we connect with is playing board games. And, you know, I think board games can fit under the geek umbrella, if you will. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, wonder Rob, tell me that, did you ever play as a kid? Guess who? Guess who? Shoot. I've played that as an adult. Okay. Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess who has a remake, a modern day version of it. That's spun in a unique way towards um, a high school reunion so you're looking at old yearbook photos and the the instead of asking general questions it's got cards uh-huh. with like were you most likely to be called boner champ or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yes as a matter of fact I, I, that I, was me i wish i could say i was lying but there was literally a card that said were you most likely to have been called boner boy that was literally one of the boner cards. boy. Yeah. Oh no, they call me boner man. Yeah, not yeah. me. Uh, yeah, because you have a very masculine boner. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good podcast. Again, thanks for our new listeners <laughs> for sticking with us so far. Um, but yeah, so we we played a uh, guess who tonight, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But it's weird because the way the questions are worded, it's hard to know if you're really like choosing the right people and like hitting the the ones down that are not matches because it's super freaking subjective. So there were so many times when we were playing where we would get down to the one person and we'd say, okay, are you Kelvin or are you Arthur or are you Delilah? And it would turn out that no, no, we were absolutely wrong. So then we'd have to like flip it back over and keep going on the rounds. It was crazy. So it's a unique <laughs> way to play Guess Who. We're, we're on the fence if we love it, but that's the that's what we were doing tonight. And it was a great way for us to connect and, uh, and be, oh, all, man. be all uh, lovey-dovey. 
Well, you know what? You got to get ahead of the game if you know what I'm saying, Shaf. So true. Uh, so true. <laughs> I love that. We should, uh, there was a joke that was on the tip of my tongue, but I could not. Uh, I could not remember it. So hey, that's 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 fair enough, Shaf. <laughs> that's fair enough, buddy. All right. Well, uh, me, Shaf. Let me tell you. So since uh, since I was sick and we skipped a week, quite a bit has happened. Number one, Shaf. Your boy went to Oogie Boogie's Halloween Bash at California Adventure. Uh, but more importantly, I made a little, I cut out a little bit of Disney time, Shaf. You did. Just a little bit of Disney time to finally go to a galaxy far, far away. <gasps> That's right, Shaf. I bet for, for longtime listeners, you know, and for your newbies, I've been waiting to visit Galaxy's Edge. Because Schaff said he was going to come out, but we decided Schaff's going to wait until yeah, after Schaff January. Is stay in the closet. <laughs> That's right. He's in the closet for good, everybody. <laughs> He's going to wait until Rise of the Resistance comes out. That's right, and that so he can experience the whole thing. And I said, "That's fair," but I can't wait. And I got my ass into Galaxy's as Schaff, and I got to tell you, it's a glorious. Would you it say it's so your- good? Would you say it's your favorite of the expansions that they've done at, at the parks? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. It's better than Cars Land. Look, talking cars. Oh, my, my name is Mater. Uh, uh. Just <laughs> kidding. You, I like Cars Land, too. <laughs> did you get your butt over to uh, build a lightsaber? No. Now, here's the reason why. Because uh, that particular weekend, my mom came into town to visit because she wanted to see her grandson, my baby boy, little 10-month-old Blink. 11 months now, but 10 month old at the time Link. So the majority of time was spent uh, with my mom and my wife and Lincoln strapped to my chest. And, you know, we're walking around the parks doing whatever we can get away with, with a a young baby. But that Saturday night, soon as uh, the baby's eyes started drifting to sleep, my wife very generously took him back to the hotel room and, my mom was like, I'm ready to to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and we made our way into Star Wars land. So we didn't um we didn't spend any time building lightsabers or droids or going into the cantina because we just didn't have enough time. And plus I figured we saved that for me and you, Shaf, when oh, when you shucks. get out here. But I did pilot that Millennium Falcon, Shaf. I sent you pics that night, actually. So you were actually were you operating the hyperdrive? I was yes, yes. Because I was I was left person, gunner. Yeah, one person. I mean, sorry, to, left pilot. I was left pilot. One person gets to do hyperdrive of the pilots, but there's two pilots. So because one yes. person controls the up and down, the other person controls the left and right. Is that right? Yes, I controlled the left and right, and okay. I pushed the hyperdrive button. It felt like a video game. It was uh, very fun, and my mom was in the gunner seat, and she was just hitting the button <laughs> she wasn't aiming <laughs> she was just shoot 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 shooting she was having a great time too well, is she is she able to aim on her end or is it strictly she's pressing the shoot button and then the person who's the pilot has to sort of like aim the ship towards the stuff no uh the the gunners can aim okay cool now of course i don't know how they do that but i know they can aim because i could see the left gun just shooting 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 straight ahead and i could see the right gun going up and down (laughs) (laughs) shooting so i know that they can be aimed (laughs) did you guys do it more than one time no i only did it once the wait was about 50 minutes or so 
um, which I was more than willing to to wait in because I wanted to see the queue and everything. So I was just like, let's do it. Um, but by the time we were done, I was like, nah, I can't, I'm not going to stay in this line again. <laughs> now, okay, so tell me this. Uh, I know that part of the the line does put you inside the Millennium Falcon in like the the general lounge area uh, where yes. like the, the the checkers set or whatever that game is called um is available Mm -hmm. um did you get any pictures oh you know i did i saved it as a matter of fact i'll send them to you so you can put them on that geek so to speak instagram good idea yes please shout out to the geek so to speak instagram uh but yeah so essentially by the time you make it into the millennium falcon you've already received your cards determining you know what you're going to be doing are you an engineer are you a gunner are you a pilot and you have like or at least our group had like five minutes to sort of walk around and look around before they called us and hauled us into the pilot, uh, the pilot's quarters. And it was glorious. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's very star tours. Like it's the same style of ride as star tours, but it's a lot more interactive. Of course, mm. again, it felt like a video game. Cause I was driving that millennium Falcon. I only crashed twice. Boom. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad for nice uh, a novice. And then, of course, you know, we walked around. We looked in all the shops that weren't the Star Wars uh, lightsabers or the droid places. I had uh, I had me uh, some Star Wars food. The Ronto Wrap, which is a pita with uh, a hot dog covered in uh, turkey, covered in beef and coleslaw. Holy crap. And it was all right. And I also had the blue and green milk. Uh, would not recommend. <laughs> well, I take it back. They're not bad. Is They're that not how like you got drinks. sick? Is that how you got sick? You got sick from the, the green milk, dude. Uh, that was before Halloween. Cause yeah, it might've been maybe who knows. I've been, I drink that, uh, that blue milk straight from the alien titty. Cause you know, Big mistake. uh, Iceball King, Tim, mm-hmm. our, our Disney correspondent who, who went, during the opening weekend of galaxy's edge yeah he himself tried that milk both kinds and he agreed that it is tastes like garbage it's like fucking dirt it's not dirt exactly but it's not something that i would drink to like refresh myself like if i was thirsty it's like it's a novelty it's a novelty drink was it chalky yeah a little bit the the green tasted like passion fruit i guess it was the closest thing i could put it to but it's like 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 really watered down passion fruit like the taste was barely there oh. and then the blue was more like i i actually had a really hard time pinpointing what the blue was supposed to taste like but to me it tasted like bubblegum hmm. like classic bubblegum flavor but i mean it was fine for the experience but i probably wouldn't get them again <laughs> <laughs> interesting but that that doesn't mean i'm not going to make you stand in line for one when you come <laughs> here because you got to have the whole experience my man the whole experience and while we were at disneyland i ran into three and by ran into i mean spotted but almost little literally ran into three celebrities really uh yes so um i saw kumail nanjiani walking in the park um <laughs> Which is why Emily sucked in uh, Men in Black International. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just. It was more like, was that Camille Nanjiani? 
Because you like walked by me in a crowd. Um, Number two, when I was at Oogie Boogie's Bash, sitting, watching the parade, uh, directly across, there was a a, a family of people, you know, like six or seven kids ranging from ages, maybe, I don't know, like four or five to maybe like their teens. And a few adults. And now it's a Halloween party and it was the weekend before Halloween. So tons of people were dressed up, including Mm. my family. So this gentleman is straight across from me, dressed as Syndrome from The Incredibles. So he had, you know, the big tall hair. He had the the black shirt with the big white S on it. And he's standing there and he's having a good time. And I'm, and I'm, I keep looking at him because he's directly uh, in front of me and he's like, he's having a good time. And it hit me. Finally, it hit me that who was, who was standing across dressed as Syndrome? It was Brian Posehn. No way. Yeah. Brian Posehn was there just having a good time. And I reached, I leaned over to Kim. I was like, that's Brian Posehn over there. And she goes, oh yeah, I know. I can do a good (laughs) Brian Posehn impression. Do it. Let's hit it. Let's hear it. I'm just being syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Thank you. Nailed it, buddy. Nailed it. Sometimes I like to go to the Disney parks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then uh last but not least when uh kim and i were walking back to the hotel uh in the very crowded downtown disneyland um as we're walking with a stroller so as you can imagine like people are coming up to us and like dodging us weaving us at the very last second you know to get around us in that crowded downtown disney and i didn't notice this kim did uh but nicholas cage Walked right up to right up to my wife and went and dod or juked her. I guess that would be the best way to do it to her right. Wow. So yeah, I mean, we're pretty much hobnobbing with the celebrities, man. That's insane. Pretty much hobnobbing. A lot of people at that Halloween party. A lot of celebs, man. A lot of celebs there. Good for you, dude. Well, you know, I mean, some sometimes you're born with it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's Maybelline. My lame claim to fame. That's right. That's me. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a good weekend. Oh, and I want—I had a small tidbit I wanted to share with you, Shaf, before we move on to the actual episode. All right. uh, you're not going to believe this, Shaf. This week, just the last two days, for the first time in probably two years, I turned on my Xbox. That's oh right. Did it work? <laughs> oh, it worked. It worked. I signed up for that Game Pass on Xbox Yee. for nine bucks a month. Over a hundred games ready and available, including the Outer Worlds, Gears of War Five, uh, all the Batman Arkham games, and lots more. Uh, and I've been playing this game, Port a Bridge Bridge Connector Portal. Uh, which is essentially, it's like a World of Goo type game, but and set in the puzzle, or excuse me, set in the Portal universe, and I've been enjoying it, Shaf. You love that Portal shit. Dude, Portal's great. Everybody agrees, don't you, listeners? <laughs> yes. I don't know if you could hear them uh, unanimously shouting, yes, Shaf, but they did. Yes, they all Shaf. did. Oh, yes. It's so good, Shaf. <laughs> all right. Well, enough lollygagging, everybody, because we have got a big, big show for you today. We are taking last week's episode, which was supposed to be our Halloween special, and this week's episode, which is our after-Halloween special, and we're smushing them together, everybody. We are doing the after-Halloween Halloween Halloween special. 
just for you. <laughs> we are going to discuss uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, we both suffered our way through that movie, and we're going to tell you exactly what we thought. We are also going to go over our Halloween content, which is Batman. The long Halloween. The, uh, the rumored basis for the upcoming batman movie shop so yes at the very least an inspiration for the inspiration batman movie yes Yes. that's a good way to put it and of course we've got tons of geek news so uh what do you say shop we get started geek news nude news nude news all right (laughs) we're getting started I think this is the first time we've ever gotten into geek news without saying geek news. <laughs> I didn't mean for a segue to happen there. What's happening? <laughs> this guy's it, laughing at me. It froze. It froze there for a second. Oh, it froze? We're still recording, everybody. Yeah, it's all good. All We're right, everybody. So uh, I don't know if the geek news bumper already happened, so I'm going to do it again. Let's talk about geek news. Geek news. Nude news. Nude news. All right. I hope you put the bumper in twice, Shaw. Well, I didn't I didn't hear you say geek news the first time. So <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so we're good. We're good. We're good. So we only got the bumper once. All right, Shop. Hit us with some geek news. I'm gonna give you the honors for first, all right, all right. first so, geek news. So check this. Check this out. So this news comes directly from SSG. She broke the story. She broke the story to me. I didn't even know about it until she reached out to me. What? Oh, boy, this ought to be good. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. Hit me with it. I want that SSG news. So SSG is a big Game of Thrones fan. Huge Game Mm -hmm, of Thrones fan. mm -hmm. Um, And uh, uh, she was really jonesing. After finishing Game of Thrones, uh, the final season, which she actually just finished, a few weeks ago, um, she was like so excited because the prequel series starring Naomi Watts was going to be coming out in the near future. And she was Mm -hmm. like, this is going to be so awesome. It's going to take place thousands of years prior to the episodes of Game of Thrones. It's going to focus on some of the uh, legendary people referenced in the show and everything else. And this is way before there were seven kingdoms and all this stuff. She was super thrilled. And when she found out this news, she had to send it my way. And that's this, that HBO officially canceled Game of Thrones prequel starring Naomi Watts. So it is not going to happen. It was super hyped, but it is not moving forward. Um, It just kind of crazy because they shot a full pilot episode in Northern Uh Ireland earlier this year. And then HBO decided to not pick up the series. I don't get it, but that's the, that's the thing. So um was she severely devastated with this news? She was. She was just beside herself. She was inconsolable. Man, see, my wife hasn't said a thing. Now, she's a Game of Thrones super fan. I admittedly have only seen the pilot episode twice. <laughs> and that's that's all I've seen. I've seen that kid fall out of the tower twice. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. The kid gets pushed out of the tower from looking at like, he like saw a brother and sister humping or something like yep, that. And he got, he got pushed it. out of a tower. Um, but I, I just haven't had a chance to get into it, but my wife is a super fan and she hasn't even mentioned it. I'm sure she's just mourning quietly. 
to herself. Well, you know <laughs> sure. She probably didn't have to mourn for too long because HBO did announce later that week that they are giving a full series order to another prequel project that's focusing on the Targaryen Civil War. Now, um, this is actually going to be called House of the Dragon. So it's going to okay. focus on the Targaryen family, which um, although I know Wonder Rob, you didn't watch the show, you do know like that blonde chick was a big important person in that final season. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. She she had she was the mother of dragons. That's right. So the dragon is the is on the crest is part of sort of like the Targaryen bloodline as far as them all having dragons back in the day. And so this is going to focus on um on that whole Targaryen time frame, which actually this this is more recent to the events of Game of Thrones. So it'll take place sort of in the years prior to the first episode of Game of Thrones. Not thousands of years, but more like uh, 50 to 100 years, probably, somewhere along those lines. Interesting. Let me tell you what I think is interesting about this. So they, you said they filmed this pilot with Naomi Watts earlier this year, and they canceled it. You know, maybe the pilot was bad or... It's just something wasn't right. And they were like, no, forget it. But did, then you said they gave a, a series order, a full series order to this other show, and they have not filled the pilot? Am I correct that's right. on that? That's correct, yeah. What? Why? <laughs> what is their logic over there at HBO? I, it must have really sucked, I guess. I guess that pilot must have been really bad. Imagine making a pilot so bad that they're just like this other idea that they have floating around. They're just like, yeah, just do it. We'll take it. Nothing can be as bad as this, uh, this other prequel series starring Naomi Watts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Naomi Watts. <laughs> That's got to suck. Cause you know, she was hyping that up to her friends and family. Oh yeah. She's, She's like, like, I'm, I'm going to be on this show and I'll be on for a long time. I make lots of money. It's gonna and everybody's going to love it. And there's not any books based on it. So we can just do whatever we want. Like, this is, it's so great because the last movie I ever did was Mulholland Drive. And no one went to see that because it was so weird. And uh, even though I did show my tits in it. Wow. Sick burn on Naomi Watts. Like <laughs> Mulholland Drive burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I dug deep. I dug deep on that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, uh, let me tell you something, Shaf. Uh, there are some, there's a, some related news, uh, a bit of a segue, if you will, for these Game of Thrones showrunners. Uh, your best friends, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, uh, best friends after me, of course, uh, they left Game of Thrones to essentially helm the Star Wars series, which we've talked about in the past, Shaf, but right. just recently, they've up and quit Star Wars. <laughs> they're just like forget it and so okay this is sort of secondhand knowledge on my part because again i don't watch a lot of game of thrones i've said this a hundred times i said it just a minute ago so but let, let me let me relay my secondhand knowledge to you shaf and feel free to correct or let me know if i'm i'm on the right direction did didn't these two people sort of fast track the end of game of thrones so they could work on star wars um, that's a or good my, question. I don't think so. I think that HBO gave them the order of six episodes for the final season. I don't, I don't think that they controlled that, but maybe I'm mistaken. Well, no, that's not what I meant. That they, they essentially, HBO would have continued Game of Thrones for really as long as they needed. Because it's their powerhouse show. But they ended up cutting it short after the sixth season because they wanted to move on to the Star Wars project. Or at least that's what I... I've read slash heard, but again, 
I'm not 100% on this and I fully admit it. But the the simple fact that they're leaving Star Wars is is crazy pants. It's crazy pants. Uh, so essentially they've, according to this news article from Daily Wire, uh, Benioff and Weiss' Star Wars exit has been in the worst since August. Yeah. Uh, THR affirms that the reason the two wound up walking away partially had to do with their new Netflix deal. Uh, but another factor that prompted the decision was toxic fandom. Uh, and toxic fandom, according to the article, of course refers to the habits fans have of objectively and aggressively, uh, or excuse me, let me rephrase that, aggressively objecting to decisions that the showrunners or directors make when it comes to their beloved series like Game of Thrones or Star Wars. What do you think of that, Shaf? What do you think of these guys and their their uh, their choice? I think it's ridiculous. Uh, it's not toxic fandom. If you have a good story and you have um, characters and you have great script, like if you have all the stuff working together, then you're not going to have toxic fandom. The only reason why people were upset with Game of Thrones is because they really did rush everything. And they really did uh, um, take a character and not give her the appropriate character arc that would have been the appropriate conclusion for her. They rushed everything in that final season and didn't give enough time to the things it needed. So the fans were upset. Fans that had been um, uh, invested in the series, invested in the book series that came before many, many years before. Uh, and, and so that's what's going on. Like the MCU doesn't have toxic fandom. There's not, there's like maybe one or two movies that are not like great, but there's no toxic fandom because they're all good movies. They have great actors. They have great scripts. The directors are solid. The movies are great. It's the, the reason why Star Wars has such toxic fandom is because they keep making shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Burn on Star Wars. We and got Game of uh, Thrones as well. Se- season eight was, uh, was a nightmare. So that's what I've heard. Wasn't there even a fight that was too dark to even see, Shaw? Yeah, there was a big battle that was super duper dark. And especially on TVs that were not equipped to really handle those darker pixels really well. Um, it it made it really distorted, like you know, how those colors will like uh, posterize if you're mm-hmm. not careful. Um, that's definitely what happened on some people's TVs because of how dark it was. Yuck, that's not good, Shaf. No, it is not. not. Well, I guess uh, they're going to leave Star Wars in the hands of more capable people, such as Kevin Feige, Shaf. That's right. That's That's right. right. This man knows a thing or two about making a good story, uh, weaving a good yarn, if you will. So we'll just have to see what's going to go on there. But uh, lots of of things being canceled related to Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, though, on the opposite side of things being canceled, things that are being not necessarily announced, but maybe perhaps confirmed. Mm -hmm. uh, Speaking of the MCU and all of its greatness, uh, two additional Marvel movies seem to be confirmed for Phase 5. Do you want to know what those are, Wonder Woman? As a matter of fact, I do. Would you you do me the, the solid, do me the kindness of letting me know what's coming up? Okay, so Iron Fist is going to be oh this is great i hope oh i hope they still get that guy from game of thrones Mm -hmm. and uh and the wizard Ooh, the wizard no no just the wizard 
Oh, the wizard from Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Yeah. He's getting his own movie uh, for phase five. It's going to be great. Um, It's all connected. No, (laughs) I I was going to say, I know you're joking right now. You're, you're telling uh, you're, you're weaving lies, but I would absolutely love it if they made a wizard movie with that same guy. I'd be really okay with a, uh, a wizard Disney plus Marvel TV show. Yes. At least bring him back for some cameos. I would love it. But the movies that they did, or at least somewhat confirm, is uh, Ant-Man 3, uh, might premiere in 2022. No firm date, but The Hollywood Reporter learned that Peyton Reed is going to return to direct the third film in the trilogy Excellent. after uh, having helmed the first two. So that's pretty excited. I love it. Um, no idea about the plot or anything like that, but um, it plans to shoot end of 2020, early 2021 with a likely release in 2022. So my body is ready, Shaf. They can't possibly add anything else for phase five. What can they do to top Ant-Man 3? Oh, get guess that get this. Okay, so um uh, our beloved Merc with a mouth, good old Deadpool. Uh-oh. Uh he uh we've gotten to see Deadpool as well as Deadpool 2. And then we saw Once Upon a Deadpool. Well, now that the Fox properties uh, related to Marvel are back under the Marvel umbrella with Disney, we have the potential for a Deadpool 3 movie that is uh, in development. And uh, Ryan Reynolds teased months ago that Phase 5 might even be where Deadpool 3 is released. So um, we know that Marvel is uh, working towards that. And from what it sounds like, they also are pretty on board with keeping an r rating for it too so it's a good time to be alive shop it's a good time to be alive i really hope i hope against hope i wish against wish that they they keep the interconnectivity of the mcu with deadpool in the in the same vein in deadpool 2 where he's in the x x-men mansion and all the x-men are hiding in a room it's like show me a scene where all the avengers are hiding <laughs> in a room and they don't want to interact with Deadpool. Just something small like that. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> which uh, which established MCU character would you want to see interact with Deadpool? Or let's say they but they buddy cop it up like the same way they did with Colossus Ooh. and Deadpool. What hero would you like to see? You got anybody off the top of your head? Like I think that the easy choice is Spider-Man. But I'm putting him off the table. Yeah. No Spider-Man. Uh, Wolverine. The Wolverine. No, no, no. I mean established. Like already, oh, already existing Sorry. within okay. the MCU. Good question. Um, I would like to see, just because I think it would be a very strange uh, combination of people. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I would like to see Deadpool interact with rocket raccoon oh rocket that'd be kind of funny i for a second i thought you were going to say what my pick was when you said strange interaction because my my thought immediately went to dr strange oh i think (laughs) i think dr strange would hate would hate wade wilson i know that's why i want to see it so so he would find wade to be so obnoxious (laughs) oh it would be so good shop it would be so good oh well i guess time's time's the only thing that's gonna tell shop that's 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 all we got um 
So let's let's switch gears, shop, and talk DC, DC Comics. Did you hear that Warner Brothers cut a big fat deal with HBO Max, Sean? I heard something about this. Tell me more, Wonder Rob. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Shaf. So HBO Max is HBO's upcoming uh, streaming service. 15 clams a month, which seems pretty expensive, actually. But I guess, how much is Netflix a month? Like, is that also $15? I no, don't know. It's cheaper. Yeah, Netflix is cheaper. I was going to say, I haven't paid though, for Netflix. <laughs> what kills me about the, the HBO thing is, like, they have HBO Go, they have HBO Now, and now they have HBO Max. Now, if you're going to pay 15 bucks for HBO Max, does that mean you get access to HBO Now as well with all the other content, all the movies and TV shows and stuff that's on there? Because I, uh, otherwise it's just ridiculous. I sort of feel like they'd have to, to uh, eliminate the other two because that makes sense, right? Why would you have three different streaming services for one channel? Yeah. I mean, I get HBO Go is for people who um, who have like DirecTV or something, and they uh, and they want to watch HBO on something else, like on another device. Mm-hmm. So HBO Go exists, but HBO Now you can have as a separate subscription, um, and that can be its own thing. You don't need to have a cable service for that. So uh, that's what that's about. So really, it's HBO Now versus HBO Max, they may as well just combine into one thing. I kind of hope that they do. I would assume that's what's going to happen, but I guess the only, again, way we're going to find out is through the slow but surely passing of time. Um, but in the meantime, Shaf, let me let me give you the scuttlebutt about this. So Warner Brothers signed a big fat deal with HBO Max essentially to, to allow HBO to be uh, an exclusive uh, streamer for DC content, such as Justice League, Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman, etc. But on top of that, they are also going to be producing new DC television content ex- exclusively for HBO Max, and not just like The Flash or Aeroshoff. I'm talking big Hollywood budget television Disney Plus style series, uh, and the the big the big bang that they are using essentially to draw everybody in. Shop is your favorite superhero, after all your other favorites. Green Lantern, Shop. They're going to be making a Green Lantern series with the Hollywood budget. Now, not only are they making a Green Lantern series, Shop, but your your boy, Greg Berlanti is going to be running that show. Now, uh, I know Schaff knows this, but if uh, you listeners out there don't know about Berlanti, this is the guy responsible for pretty much every DC TV show recently. Uh, Batwoman, Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Riverdale, as well as, and yes, I am reading a list here, uh, Fox's Prodigal Son, NBC's Blind Spot, CBS's God Friended Me, DC Universe's Titans, Doom Patrol, and uh, I'm sure there's more. <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think about that, Shop? Well, um, I'm really thrilled for another chance with, with Green Lantern. I, I, I like the character, and I just, it definitely hasn't gotten enough, enough uh, live action attention. Um, they just scratched the surface on what Green Lantern could be about, especially with the Green Lantern core, especially with the different color lanterns. They really, like, they hinted at the at setting up Sinestro 
um, as the villain for an upcoming sequel of Green Lantern, and then it got shelved. Just like mm-hmm. they they planted the seeds for uh, Hal Jordan's girlfriend, who becomes uh, Star Sapphire, um, a villain in the DC universe, but that never happened either. So Blake Lively didn't get to do anything like that. Um, there's just so much that they didn't get a chance to really explore. And so I hope that with this TV series, they're really going to dig deep and create like a whole um, universe for the Green Lanterns. Cause there's obviously so many, so many ring uh, ring bearing uh, heroes to deal with. Um, I will say this though about Berlanti. I don't know if you know this one to Rob, but this is actually Berlanti's second swing at the world of Green Lantern. He Uh-oh. actually was one of the screenplay writers of the 2011 DC produced Ryan Reynolds movie. Green Lantern. Ooh, ooh. Now that movie was of course met with tons of negative reviews, considered a total flop and had a budget of 200 million and it grossed 219 million. So uh, it barely broke even. Well, we only made nineteen million dollars. Well, Hollywood, just, just enough to pay Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much made the budget back on Ryan's paycheck. <laughs> I don't know. Are you excited about this one, Rob? I, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, because like I said, I've I, while I'm not a lifelong DC fan, I want and hope and pray for more great DC content time after time, and almost every single time, I'm disappointed. So. Hopefully this is a, a good series. And if it is, it might uh, it might get me on board with that HBO Max subscription. Um, what I didn't tell you, Shoff, this article continues to let you know that he's also producing a show called Strange Adventure, which is an anthology series that explores characters across the sprawling DC Comics world. The hour-long drama will explore close-ended morality tales about the intersecting lives of mortals and superhumans. Ooh, Black Mirror, but superheroes. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I'm curious if they are, I mean, obviously the DCEU cinematic universe is sort of scrapped, or at least the initial iteration that we were all led to believe was going to happen has been scrapped. So I wonder if they're going to continue this shared universe idea with Green Lantern, like if that's going to... Um, connect to the cinematic universe that they're doing right now, if that's going to connect to the Arrowverse or if it's going to be its own thing. So I guess uh, once again, time will tell, Shaw. Time, time will, tell. will tell. Time will Jeez. also tell about some of the recent casting uh, rumors that have been going around about the Batman. Ooh. So um, we do know this about the Batman movie. Uh, that's uh, is it, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about the Matt Reeves Batman movie with starring, um, Robert Battenson. <laughs> Robert Batten-Bat. <laughs> uh, but Zoe Kravitz, of course, recently announced as Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman. Jeffrey Wright from uh, Westworld, as a bunch of other stuff as well, uh, as Commissioner Gordon. And then Paul Dano as the Riddler. But now they're also looking to cast some characters like, for instance, Alfred and uh, Harvey Dent, a.k.a. Two-Face, and also um, the Penguin. Good old Oswald Cobblepot. So now um, if I told you, Wonder Rob, mm-hmm. that they were looking at getting some guy who's like, all right, all right, all right. And they were looking at him to join up, you know, banging his bongos naked over by the beach. And they're like, we think that you'd be all right, all right, all right, real good 
to play Harvey Dent. What would you say to that? <laughs> I would I would say you're doing the all right, all right, all right wrong. Because what he would do, McConaughey, as Harvey Dent would say, all right, all right. And then he'd flip his coin. And then he'd look at it and go, all right. Bang, shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> By the way, big shout out to uh, Matthew McConaughey for joining Instagram today. Good for him. Oh, just him and Jennifer Aniston, best friends. <laughs> Good for you guys. Instagram is what? 20 years old? Yeah. Now? Thanks for finally jumping on the bandwagon. Good job, you guys. I was worried about my identity. I don't uh, know how I feel about Matthew McConaughey as Harvey Dent. I don't think it's a bad casting choice necessarily. It's just, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> I wouldn't picture him as somebody to, who would want to be in a comic book movie. So li- looking at it this way, and we're going to talk more about the long Halloween in a moment, but um knowing that this this particular graphic novel is heavy inspiration for the Batman movie, at least it's speculated to be, um, and knowing how Harvey Dent is portrayed throughout this particular graphic novel, wouldn't that be an interesting and perhaps appropriate choice to have Matthew McConaughey? Well, yeah, I could see that given, given how Harvey Dent is in this, in this book, which we will talk about in a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody better off the top of my head. <laughs> Especially when you think about um, the fact that if they are going through this story as a major inspiration, Harvey Dent, Commissioner Gordon, and Batman create this triumvirate. And those three are like the main story throughout this whole thing. So like you'd need a, a big name to round out that cast. Um, so I think Matthew McConaughey definitely brings some some big balls to the table. Um, I like the idea of him as, as, as Harvey Dent, AKA Two-Face. I think that would be a really cool and interesting casting. Um, I'm not so thrilled, nor do I quite understand or can even visualize Colin Farrell is being rumored as the person who will be playing the penguin. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he doesn't fit the type traditionally, especially when you think about the only other time that the penguin's been in a movie when it was Danny DeVito, but they did get that one guy. Of course, I don't remember his name, but the one guy on Gotham. Yeah. Who is a a tall, thin man who eventually becomes like a a greasy, uh, a greasy penguin man (laughs) by the end of that show. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't hate it necessarily. But again, that's just another casting choice out of nowhere. Yeah, that one that, I don't quite get. I don't quite get that one. I mean, I don't know if they could do any weirder. I mean, who would they who would they cast as Alfred if that was the case? Um would you what would you say if I said Andy Circus? I'd say what? <laughs> Ulysses Claw. Yeah. So that's what they're thinking. They're thinking uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred. I don't see that either. That's such a weird casting. Yeah. Um, when I saw these these particular stories, because they all pretty much broke at the same time. Yeah. Immediately, I was like, what's the source on this? What is it? We got this covered? Sh- show, <laughs> me, show me this. For anybody who's listening, by the way, we got this covered is the most bullshit side ever. Stop posting stories from that website. Um, 
But immediately I thought this was some BS story (laughs) or BS stories being like that. But these were like Hollywood reporter was reporting on this. So I don't know. I don't know where their head's at, but I mean, they were also looking at Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen. (laughs) I like this. Okay. So I'm on the, uh, hypebeast.com, which just happened to be the site that we're getting uh, this particular story from, although it was on tons of news uh, platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, But the comment section (laughs) is funny. There's a guy by the name of the boy boy, Nick Cage. uh, And he said, (laughs) well, somebody said, feral as the penguin. Um, What? And then the comment was, was Andy Milanakis not available? <laughs> I got peas on my head, so don't call me a pea head. Bruce Lee's on my head, but don't call me a Lee head. Excuse me, I got to get my tree fed. <laughs> Pancakes on my face make me extra happy. I like shampoo bottles that sit on my lappy. Bring back Andy Milanakis. I'm glad that we both know that. We didn't, that was like completely organic. <laughs> we had no preparation, but we all just happened oh, to know the Milanakis theme song. Andy, I'm writing it down actually. Milanakis fan club. <laughs> I loved that show, man. That show was so good. I hate myself. Oh, good times. So yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I, I don't know what to think of this casting, but I don't think it I don't think they're terrible choices exactly, but they're definitely out of the box casting Mm -hmm. so we'll see we'll see i'm really hyped about the idea though that these bad guys just exist we don't need origin stories for everybody we don't need one story focusing on one villain just he's he runs into these villains over one very long very long halloween that's right which i which i really like so so thumbs up to the casting director uh, for the Batman. You have the Geek So To Speak approval, at least from this guy on Geek So To Speak. Also for me. I'm, I'm excited for this movie. All right, two thumbs yeah. right up your butt. Good job, casting director. <laughs> Big old gaping hole for you, gay casting uh, director. Okay, so <laughs> moving along, moving along. Um, uh, for those of us who are, are recently on instagram like matthew mcconaughey you probably don't know where to find us on social media so we're gonna make it real super duper freaking easy for you we've got a promo we're gonna play it right now it's gonna tell you all about where you can find us on social media we'll be right back with our main segments hey gang it's wonder rob again and shaf's here too we just wanted to take a quick break to let you know where you can find us on social media. That's right. Catch us on Twitter at Geek So To Speak PC, where I'll be tweeting and retweeting all of the latest geek news. Also, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Geek So To Speak Podcast, where yours truly will be serving up those deliciously geeky posts, not to mention memes, trailers, articles, videos, and much, much more. While, of course, Shock celebrates his inner geek on Instagram with all kinds of geek of oh, inducing pics and memes. <laughs> if you're enjoying what you're hearing, let us know. Find us and follow us, rate us and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We got new episodes every week, so don't forget to tune in. Same geek time, same geek channel. <laughs> and we're back, everybody. Okay, so thanks for sticking with us, gang. Now we're getting into the after Halloween, Halloween special portion of the show. 
That's right. Uh, before I was deathly ill, we were planning to do uh, an in-depth feature on Batman The Long Halloween. And we're still planning on doing that because we're going to do it right now, aren't we, Shop? That's yes. right. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to get like super deep in it because you guys should read this yourself. Yeah, um, we're just we're gonna we are gonna spoil a couple of things. Yeah, if you haven't read it, uh, just some basic sort of plot points, things that we enjoyed about it, and how we think this will uh, essentially make be a good basis for the next Batman movie, which again is the uh, the rumor, the scuttlebutt around Hollywood and all the uh, the the geek news websites is that this is what the movie's going to be based on. So that's why, of course, we dived right into it. Not uh, only that, but Wonder Rob, I don't know if you caught this, but if you read the foreword, like there's a section at the beginning that's like a conversation, an interview between uh, Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer. I did not read that actually. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's totally worthwhile. I'm gonna, uh, there's on the second page of that interview, there's a conversation uh, where David Goyer is talking about, um, this is actually, by the way, this uh, conversation is happening before uh, Dark Knight was okay uh, so they were like in production for dark knight at this time um so uh, david goyer says for me there are three major comic book influences within the batman lore there's year one Mm -hmm. there's the neil adams stuff and there is the long halloween which is what we're talking about today but by the time the dark knight comes out it will become apparent that long halloween is the preeminent influence on both movies and then christopher nolan says yeah i think that could be right so this is a few weeks before principal photography began on the, on the Dark Knight. So this was back in 2006, November. Interesting. So um, when you think about the Dark Knight and you think about the, the idea of Harvey Dent, Batman, and Commissioner Gordon coming together to try to take down uh, the Joker and this organized crime that's happening with the... the um, uh, Maroni uh, gang and all the other rival gangs and, and everything else. It's it does seem a lot like the Long Halloween. There definitely was some serious influence with that, especially with the Falcone uh, uh, clan and like that whole mafia group, and then the Mar- the Maroni uh, clan and all of that. Like all of that is in the Long Halloween as well. So it's it's no surprise that this particular book was heavy inspiration for them. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. Um, so let's dive into the story. So essentially, um, there is a crime family, the Falcones. Now, do you, did you read it as Falcone? I sort of like, this is a little thing, but I always read it as Falcone. Um, I, you know what? I kind of go back and forth. I guess forth it doesn't matter. It. Yeah, I go back and forth on it. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, number one crime family, the Falcones... Um, are systematically being offed one by one on every major holiday of the year, starting with Halloween. And the next holiday rolls in and they get they get another family member murdered and the next holiday rolls in and another family member gets murdered. And it's just happening over and over again. And this, this uh, killer dubbed Holiday in the book leaves his calling card, uh, a little, a little uh, trinket, based on the holiday that the person was murdered. So if somebody was murdered on Halloween, you leave a little pumpkin, a little jack-o'-lantern. Uh, New Year's was just like a little uh, little blow horn or whatever you, whatever you call the little little things you blow on, uh, on New Year's Eve. Of course, Valentine's Day, you know, a little thing of chocolates and so on. 
And so uh, Batman is tasked with figuring out who this holiday killer is as he teams up with Commissioner Gordon and District Attorney Harvey Dent. And it, it essentially goes off from there and it features every, almost every notable Batman uh, villain, at least for the time, in this uh, sprawling mystery tale. So I'll say that's a, a nice spoiler-free yeah. uh, description. Um, so that being said, let's dive in. Now, uh, Shaw, first of all, did you like it? Oh my God, I love this. I love this from start to finish. I, I took it in like in doses. I didn't want to like absorb everything all at once. I know that Wonder Rob, you approached it a different way, but for me, I took it in like chapters, did like a few chapters at a time. I think it's a total of, I'm not, not mistaken, 13 chapters. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's a thick one, man. Yeah, like for, for a graphic novel, it is probably one of the thicker graphic novels that I've come across. So, um, and the panels, let's talk a little bit about the art because there, yeah, there's a lot of great art. And this is very, very unique and very stylized. Yeah, especially, I mean, one thing about Batman, and this is something that I think the Batman movie is going to do, and they've talked about it, is the focus on the idea of it being a detective story and getting more to uh, Batman's detective roots, as well as also being sort of filmed in that noir uh, style where there's lots of shadow, uh, light and shadow are very important and what you see and what you don't see are, are super important to the story as well. And that's one thing that this, these, uh, all these panels do is they focus a lot on the idea of shadow and mystery and intrigue and um, scandal. And obviously there's this killer that's, we don't know who it is. And a lot of this book is spent with sort of like, as an audience member, like reading it, watching it all unfold, you're wondering to yourself, okay, who is the killer? Who, who is Holiday? And Wonder Rob, did you, did you get, guess uh, this before the book was done? Did you already have it figured out or were you surprised? Um, no, I didn't come to a guess. I mean, I had the assumption, and again, my, mild spoilers for this. Uh, keep in mind this book, how old is this book? It's been out for a while, so I mean, <laughs> just take it with a grain of salt. Um, but the the story sort of hints that it's Harvey Dent the whole time. It sure does. Um, By the way, 1996 is when uh, this story um, was officially published. 1996 mm-hmm. to 97, and then it was copyrighted again in 2011 for this particular book version. Okay. Um, and at the very, the very, 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 very tail end of the book, uh, it's a it essentially lets you know that there were two people committing these crimes. <laughs> uh, one being Harvey Dent's wife. Again, I just followed the major twist yeah. <laughs> of uh, of the book, which I didn't, I did not see coming. Sorry, I'm just flipping through the pages. No, here. that's okay. Um. What's the name of the character? It was um, his assistant, Harvey Dent's assistant. Uh, no, no, no. It was um, um, Alfonso. Oh no, no. I'm just looking Alonso. at Alfonso. It was it was the dude who was Falcone's son. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. The problem I have, and this sort of leads back to the art. Not that the art isn't bad or anything, but sometimes I had a hard time differentiating between certain characters. Yeah. Just the um, way it was written, or not the way it's written, sorry, the, the way the art 
it's a uh, the handled, especially at the very beginning. Agreed. Because there was even some difficulty understanding who was a guy and who was a girl. <laughs> yeah, but like once once you're into it, like halfway through, like everything everything's a lot easier to sort of pick apart because the art style it's so different. It's very stylized. So it did it did take a second to to sort of wrap my mind around that and the way it's written also is very interesting because it it won't be very clear on which character is talking for some for some things like just uh like in certain conversations between Harvey Dent uh Bruce Wayne or excuse me not Bruce Wayne Batman and Commissioner Gordon just a couple of couple of instances I noticed where it, it was just you had to like I had to flip the page back and be like, oh, that was that was Batman talking. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But like I said, that's just a minor nitpick thing. Like it's the art is very, very, very well done otherwise, in my opinion. I like the depiction of the Joker. Um he's got a very like his angular face is like really creepy, like the size of his teeth, all that yeah, he reminds me of Venom almost, the yeah, way he, yeah. he's drawn in here. Um I'll tell you who I really liked or who I didn't like. I didn't like the art style or the the way he drew the Riddler. Oh, okay. Just a little a little off for me, but I'll tell you who I did who I did like in this book. It didn't get that much play, but the scenes featuring this character were some of my favorites. Was Solomon Grundy. Oh. Born on a Monday. <laughs> I just really yeah. I like I the way he's drawn. I was actually to see him. I was surprised to see him in this story. Um, there's this one panel, and I know you're going to know exactly which one I'm talking about. It's in that final chapter. Mm-hmm. Got to flip to it, and it's all the villains lined up. All the rogues. Oh yeah, they're in the um, they're in the office. Exactly. I'm yeah, using Fal- that for the episode Falcone's, of Falcone's office. Yes. And uh, and Joker saying trick or treat. Basically, Falcone has uh, hired all of these villains to try and um, figure out who the who the killer is, who uh, Holiday is. So he's kind of aligned himself with all these baddies. So you've got Catwoman and Poison Ivy and Scarecrow and uh, Penguin, Solomon Grundy, Mad Hatter, Joker, and uh, someone who is in a shadow. We don't get to see his face until. He stands up, and we find out that it is none other than Two Face, Harvey Dent. Uh, That's right. We get to see even in earlier in the uh, issues how he gets all scarred and and from all the acid thrown on his face during trial, which was really really cool. I uh, I love this panel. It's such a good looking panel. I I use it as the episode art, everybody. So keep an eye out for that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's brilliant. And one thing I really like about the, the choice of colors, because there's a lot of panels that are not focused on colors, or maybe they're only focused on one or two. Um, but everything has sort of this like jewel tone style. Mm-hmm. Um, their their color palette is very specific and they keep to it. And it's really interesting. His colors are muted and used very purposefully. Um, And also, Batman is drawn in a different way than the rest of the characters out there. Like, Batman has a lot of very, like, muscly features, and he's also very 
um, consistent, whereas a lot of other characters are sort of murky in their like depictions. Sometimes they like have really strange noses and uh, everything. Proportions are all yeah. uh, very weird. Um, or you, or it's ambiguous if you can like in terms of guy versus girl, like um, it's a little hard to say sometimes, especially for. I mean, I know this is kind of the case, but for um, Calendar Man, mm-hmm. Calendar Man is is an interesting character because he definitely has his features are sort of somewhere in between. Yeah, he's very uh, ambiguous. Yeah, that's a good point. Is uh, the way the way to do it? It's very it's Pat situation. <laughs> <laughs> um every chapter also d- is devoted to a various villain so it's sort of like a freak of the week type situation um mm-hmm. but then they all start to kind of come together and catwoman is very much a um a consistent presence in throughout this whole story so she's certainly suspect number one at, at one point um i really liked the chapter with the joker where uh joker's flying the crop duster over gotham city and yeah. batman there's like how long are they gonna fight on this airplane like, that fight seemed like to go on forever and they kept cutting in and out of it but I, I really liked it i didn't like the interactions between mad hatter and scarecrow i, th- I thought it was like just weird yeah it was, it was later like, in the story where they're sort of rhyming like, yeah rhyming uh like I, it makes sense for Mad Hatter, but not for Scarecrow. I don't know why he would talk like that. Uh, the only, the one I did I didn't particularly like was uh, the the section dedicated to Poison Ivy. Mm. I her, I like the way she's drawn. It's very interesting, but it was it was very like Poison Ivy is here to seduce Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne's under her spell, and Bruce Wayne's out of it. The end. like it it just was like okay did you put that in there because you needed they ordered 13 issues (laughs) and you just needed one more yeah that's true (laughs) there's so many holidays so you needed (laughs) another issue um christopher nolan has actually said it's it's like a quote on the cover of the uh the graphic novel he says the long halloween is more than a comic book it's an epic tragedy and it's so true. The downfall of Harvey Dent, like they, the three of them align themselves, Gordon Dent and, and Batman to uh, take down the Falcone family and the Maronis and all the organized crime. And it ends up being the undoing of, of uh, Harvey Dent, his family. Um, he ends up in Arkham <laughs> by the end of it, face scarred, totally a two-faced villain now it's just it's it's a tragedy for sure it's a it's a sad tragedy a tragic clown story but i'll tell you i think it would be a great basis for a movie i would love to see this just literally lifted off these pages as a movie i think it'll be good so i would i would give this a recommendation i think uh is this our first official geek so to speak graphic novel comic recommendation i think it is all right, everybody. Well, there you go. Put this on your uh, the Geek So to Speak book club. That's what we should call it. <laughs> Put this in your collection, everybody. Batman: The Long Halloween, and give it a nice read. Even though we've spoiled it, <laughs> give it a nice read before uh, this new Batman movie comes out. Uh, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that was good, Shaf. That was good. We're gonna have to do this more often. 
Hell yeah. I, I like it. But uh, let's move on to our second main topic of the week, Shaf. One of our favorite things to do is review movies, TV, and games. Uh, a little movie came out this past weekend called Terminator Dark <laughs> Get down. Did you like my pitch perfect impression? Terminator Dark Fate, everybody. Uh, the, the most uh, recent installment in the terminator series uh let me let me hit you with some facts about this shop uh this this bad boy came in number one at the box office last week but uh don't get too excited shop because it only made 29 million dollars to earn that number one spot and as of today as of the recording shop it's made a cool 31 million domestically plus 94 million bucks overseas totaling about 125 million uh, but supposedly this movie had a budget uh, between 185 to 195 million. Whoa! So uh, it's being considered a, a bomb, Shaf. It's being considered a bomb, bomb, but it is. It's sitting at 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not like people hate it. True, 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 true. Um, but did you hate it, Wonder Rap? Uh, I didn't not hate it. <laughs> no it was all right it was all right uh but before we get into that shaf uh let me hit you i'm gonna hit you with a little bit of info Ow. now i know i'm such a jerk shaf if you had to guess between terminator terminator 2 judgment day terminator 3 rise of the machines terminator salvation terminator genesis and terminator dark fate which one of those movies had the lowest opening weekend I'm going to go with uh, Salvation. Terminator Salvation actually was the second highest grossing Terminator movie at $42 million. Excuse me, uh, highest opening weekend at $42 million. Let me tell you the lowest, Shaf. The lowest opening weekend for a Terminator movie was actually The Terminator, which uh, brought in a cool $4 million. What? (laughs) $4.2 zero two million dollars on its opening weekend um it's worldwide box office actually ended at 78 million but keep in mind that was 1984 shop oh yeah so uh adjusted for inflation if my uh my rob math is correct uh that's like three billion dollars so it's not bad <laughs> Boy, I wish not, I had invested back in the day. You should have invested in the Terminator back then, Sean. Terminator. All right. So uh I was reading some reports that uh essentially, even though it's not necessarily a bad movie, but Arnold Schwarzenegger and of course Linda Hamilton, but mainly Arnold Schwarzenegger, just aren't the draws that they used to be, Shaw. Which is pretty sad because this guy used to be Mr. A-list. Mm-hmm. Now he's B-list. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, that's all. <laughs> that was my impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger taking a dump. Thank you. End scene. Um, so uh, let's get into the story, Shaf. Uh, Sarah Connor and a hybrid cyborg human must protect a young girl from a newly modified liquid Terminator from the future. Hmm. That is uh, directly Sound, ripped from are my you, are you uh, Are you reading the synopsis of this movie or are you reading the synopsis of Judgment Day or are you reading the synopsis of 
uh, Terminator Salvation. Oh, are you reading the synopsis of Rise of the Machines? Oh, wait, are you reading the synopsis of Genesis? First of all, the only Genesis I mess with is a Sega Genesis. Okay, everybody. Um, Sega. What did you think of the movie, Shaw? Dude, okay, so let me say this. I thought, because I was going into it with super low expectations, I thought that I would be just disgusted by it. I thought I would hate it. Okay. I thought that it would make my stomach turn with just how derivative a story it was. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for for the twist. I think I already see the twist coming, Shaf. As it turns out, uh huh. I only mildly didn't like it. Mostly I liked <laughs> it. Mostly I, I liked it. I thought you were going to say, and I was correct. <laughs> Once no, I, again. I, I really wanted to hate it, but I didn't hate it. There, there were definitely plenty of things to enjoy. Uh, lots of great uh, action sequences, lots of great set pieces for those action sequences to take place. Like dynamic battles taking place on a cargo plane in midair. Like that was a cool, those, those are cool moments. Um, mm-hmm. Water stuff. Um, things happening in like the warehouse, which although that does sort of mimic and uh, previous Terminator movies, um, I felt like the the action was pretty visceral, more so than most of the movies have been. Um, pretty uh, fast paced, um, and also lots of team ups, which normally we don't see a lot of the team ups on the Terminator side. It's usually one against one or something like that. Mm-hmm. So this was more interesting to see sort of that go down. Um, and also, I really liked the guy. Uh, um, I don't know his name, it's his true name. I know that he played Robbie Reyes uh, on, who's one of the ghost writers on. Oh, um, Gabriel Luna is his Thank name. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he was really excellent as the Dev 9, or I'm sorry, Rev 9 um, mm-hmm. uh, Terminator sent from the future. Um, so all in all, I I, I liked it. What do you think, Wonder Rob? Uh, I didn't hate it. I don't, I don't think I... I don't want to say I loved it, but I didn't hate it. Now, to its credit, the movie gets into action right away. Yeah. Which, like, some movies we saw recently, like Gemini Man, which felt like ages before anything happened in that movie. Like, this movie just kicks right into gear. I mean, so it opens up. I mean, let's talk about that opening scene real quick. So, I mean, you got Linda Linda Hamilton, de-aged. You've got... um, Arnie coming in de-aged. Of course, it's a body double for Arnold, of course. Uh, John Connor. <laughs> I don't know how they how they brought back John Connor looking so good. <laughs> looking so From, good? What what version did you watch? Well, no, I mean looking good like, a, like he did when he was a young kid. He didn't look anything like himself. Uh, oh, he looked just like him to me. No, no. <laughs> Edward you don't Furlong, think he looked like him? Edward Furlong. When he was wishes, a kid? Wishes he looked like that putty face that we saw in the opening minutes of no. Dark Fate. You don't think he looked like he did when he was when he was in Terminator 2? Yeah. I thought that yeah. I thought they recreated it really well. Yeah, they recreated um the computer graphics of a 1997 video game. That's oh like. man, you're burning it, on them. It looked like a cinematic from a video game. That was the extent like we're like, "Oh, well, we put all of our graphics power into the cinematics." Those 2 to 3 minute clips and then the rest of the game is like pure garbage side scrolling like 
Yeah, no. <laughs> man, hating on the John Connor. Yeah, oh, looked, man. He looked like his face was swimming. <laughs> oh, man. You didn't it, it see. Was, it was like mustache gate all over again. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that. But Linda Hamilton, I thought, looked really good. Yeah, and Arnold okay looked really that. good, too. I but okay I think they could get they could get away with Arnold the best, I think, because they had a, a body double, obviously. But, I mean, Arnie's just wearing sunglasses. Right. I mean, that looks not super difficult to recreate. Um, but essentially, Sarah Connor, the, the movie sort of picks up where uh, Sarah Connor has um, stopped the Terminator from, of course, uh, killing John Connor. And they've effectively uh, prevented Judgment Day from happening. But the Terminator sent back from the alternate future at this point, who was still there to carry out his mission, still killed John Connor and uh, is left on Earth after having completed his mission to just wander aimlessly. And instead of, you know, just running into traffic or whatever a Terminator would do after he finished his mission, just decides to become a simple handyman. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, open up a drapery company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, this is a missed joke, in my opinion. If you're going to have him just be someone and have a name, why not call him Arnold? Like, wouldn't have that been... Yeah, wouldn't have that been a great name? Like, that... He's like... Like, whatever, the wife comes in and was like, oh, hi there, Carl. He's like, I guess my name is Carl. Like, that's what what people call me. Like, he could have been like, yeah, my name is Arnold. That would have been, like, the best. It could have been so good. (laughs) I'm the former governor of California. Like, it's just, he he actually turns into the real Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's like, becomes a movie star. <laughs> His wife is Maria Shriver. Very meta. Yeah. Um, like, I, I slept with the maid. <laughs> I have a, I had a da- daughter and a son with a maid. In, I also had time to do a movie called Pumping Iron. Have you seen it? <laughs> Jingle all the way. I would recommend it. <laughs> oh boy oh my gosh uh, okay we'll, we'll we'll come back to arnie because there's a lot there's a lot to talk about we don't got a whole lot of time shop so right. of course we, we gotta move just like always you know i take my notes uh nice. i was uh me and one other person were in this theater <laughs> when i saw it yesterday um first of all linda hamilton back uh i was reading this a couple of stories about this uh she she'd been working out for a year to come do this movie. Um, and they also gave her a fake butt and fake boobs. So yeah, just what's like, up with that? How is <laughs> like in a Me Too world, time's up situation, they're giving her butt and breast implants for the part. Hey, I mean, when, when you got it, you got it, I guess. Um, so the very first note I wrote uh, was in regards to the the, the opening scene where uh, Gabriel Luna uh, follows. Uh, oh gosh, what were the Danny? That was her name. Uh, Danny and her brother to the the car factory, and I mean guns are guns are being shot. The, the car engines being flown around, just general chaos, and they're they're running through the factory. And then they get out to this open area where more people are working, but it's outside. But did the people not working or working outside, they didn't they didn't hear about, you know, all the guns? 
<laughs> and and explosions that were going on in the building just a mere 20 feet away from them like everybody went the opposite direction and just left those guys to keep working i was like i was like what is happening here um but i really liked that scene like the fight scene was was cool i mean gabriel luna he was a little rubbery just a couple a couple of points but other than that i mean i really liked I liked that scene a lot. Like, it yeah. was just fun. It was fun, man. And he split into two Terminators. Like, it's the best of both worlds. Do liquid Terminator, regular Terminator. Boom. All together. Um, and, of course, he ends up chasing them on the freeway. And my next my next note that I wrote was Linda, Linda Hamilton out of goddamn nowhere with a bazooka. <laughs> that was my favorite part. She just, like, step at. Pulls a bazooka out of her purse. I got this. <laughs> bazooka and then she says i'll be back i wrote nice one linda i hate that I, <laughs> stop it. I fucking hate that in this movie where they do these fucking callbacks to the the sound bites of the previous movies as if we give a damn oh he's angry all right no no no, no. i'm not done i'm not done okay so explain to me why it matters that now six movies later we're still quoting sound bites from the second and first movies as if it matters, as if it's important, as if anybody gives a royal shit about it. I think if there weren't three other Terminator movies between this and Terminator 2. <laughs> they like, already have that. They all have it. They all have these lines where like, I'll be back. And it's like, Haha, or he'll say like, hasta la vista again, baby, or something. And it's like, it was funny the first time. It was funny the first 17 times. Now you've got other characters saying it and it's supposed to be still funny. No, it was funny in Lego movie when uh, Wild Style said, come with me if you want to not die. Okay, she found a way to make it funny. It's not funny anymore. It's um, there was a line that Arnold said. He was like, I told her I won't be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh God. I, I think I literally like cringed outwardly. And What about that scene where, <laughs> jumping ahead in the movie where Arnold, uh, he's going to take off with Lyndall Hamilton and Danny um, and uh, Grace, we haven't talked about yet, but we'll swing back for her. And he's leaving his cabin and he stops and looks himself in the mirror and then grabs, sees the sunglasses and he looks, he's going to put them on and then he goes, no. No, I'll never mind. So <laughs> and then he walks away. It's so dumb. Here, here's the reason why it's dumb. It's supposed to be a callback, right, for him playing the Terminator before. But how about just the fact that, like, if it he needed sunglasses, like... I he took know. the sunglasses because he took that guy's clothes <laughs> in the first one. That's the whole reason yeah. he was wearing sunglasses. But, like, the need to put them on... Like, at all. The need to even have that scene, it's just there for, like, fan service. Like, he doesn't need sunglasses. He's not protecting his eyes from UV rays. He like, gets his whole face ripped off and his arm ripped off, and yeah, he just yeah. walks around like it's nothing. Yeah, so it's so dumb, like, to even have that moment where he's, like, considering putting on sunglasses. But I got to tell you, Shah, full transparency, when he grabbed the sunglasses, I was like, yeah, put on the sunglasses. <laughs> I was just like, yes, do it. And then of course he didn't. So it's just another massive disappointment for me. So um, let's talk about um, Mackenzie Davis as Grace. Yeah, let's talk about Grace. Okay, so 
Um, I, I liked her, but I also felt like she was pretty wooden, a character, which is weird because um, she's not playing a robot. <laughs> she's not playing a cyborg. She's playing a human who's augmented mm-hmm. with machine technology, which I find interesting because it's sort of blurring the line about who is human, who is machine, right? And they kind of tackled this a little bit in Terminator Salvation um, when there was a Terminator that didn't know he was a Terminator type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, but she, however they managed to do this, have basically augmented her from the inside out through crazy Wolverine-like uh, surgeries and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout, throughout her body. Uh, which she conveniently has these weird metabolic meltdowns um, if she's not injecting herself with cum. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where this movie went, everybody. Just big old vials of cum, basically, uh, that she needs to put into her butt. Um, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Um, but anyways, I... I think what the movie was trying to say is that the difference between man and machine is so blurry now that our relationship with technology has changed. Um, Because you have Terminators, which are human skin grafted over a a machine like endoskeleton or whatever you want to call it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have a human who's augmented by machine technology. Like, at what point are they not the same thing, really? Mm. So it's very, uh, very interesting insight. On and a... then, and then you have a Terminator who's been on Earth and been um, stuck in the past uh, for decades, and uh, he's now sort of adopted this concept of trying to be human or be human-like and have a family and care for people and provide and so he's acting more humane than some of the humans yet he himself is a terminator and a machine so it's very much making that line between man and machine very murky for a purposeful reason it was one thing i did like about it but i also felt like ultimately it didn't matter they were they were showing that but they still were very clear that Humans are better than machines. <laughs> well, I mean, that goes without saying, especially when you're a, an augmented human that just happens to have like the one magic weapon against all robots in your heart shaped like a dagger. <laughs> I was like, of course, the, the one thing that can kill the Terminator is in, is in her chest, is her heart. And of course, it's, it's a giant like metal spike. It sounded it, it, honestly that whole scene reminded me of term of uh, Transformers when uh, Optimus Prime is like, "Take the 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 thing of leader, uh, take the Energon cube out of my chest, the All Spark, and put it into Megatron to kill him." Blah blah blah. Like it was the same thing. He Optimus Prime was going to sacrifice himself, use his energy source so you, they could kill Optimus. It's the same story. Like, thank you for lifting that entire like villain destruction. Well, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> like that's what you got. The thing that was a little weird to me about McKen- Mackenzie Davis's character was that the ti- the timeline. So they they show her in the future as a child. So I mean, uh, the new uh, Skynet never happened, and now there's this new uh, AI 
destructive force that wipes out mankind called the Legion. And it shows Mackenzie Davis's character as a child. I don't know. How old would you say she was supposed to be? Like 10, 11, 12? Something like that. Something like that. That sounds right. Uh, Running around with no parents and she gets adopted by the resistance and eventually gets turned into, you know, uh, a a great warrior and a super soldier and then sent back in time. She said that that was the year 40, or excuse me, the year 2042, I think is what she said. It was definitely in the 40s. But then at the end of this movie, they catch they catch right up to Mackenzie Davis as a child again, playing and seemingly the same age as she was when she was in the future. And I was like, so when is like judgment day tomorrow? <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> like you guys didn't do anything. No. <laughs> like Jeffrey Day's still happening. How old is she? And how old was she when she got sent back? Like the time, the time frame didn't match up to me. Um, let's see. I wrote the cheesiest line I heard in this whole movie was uh, Linda Hamilton saying, "I hunt Terminators." Um, and I also loved how uh, Mackenzie Davis's character uh, fixed a cell phone, or no, hacked into a cell phone network. By just saying future shit. Yeah. (laughs) And hacked into a cell phone. Future shit. Um, I also said, I wish I was part machine so I could cut flies in half. (laughs) That scene where she just like, get this fly out of here. (laughs) Cuts it in half. Here's what I don't get. Mm -hmm. Unless, and, and we never, we've never established this in any of the movies when they send something back. But if it requires a lot of energy, if that energy requires a certain amount of time to rebuild, if there's only one facility that can do this uh, and send people back or send machines back or whatever, like why are they only sending one Terminator, first of all, to do all of this? Why not send a bunch, like an army of them? All at once, like a thousand Terminators? Yeah, like what? In the past, like at once. Well, they did send a, a back terminators because arnold schwarzenegger is warning linda hamilton about when terminators are coming but instead of instead of just sending them all back at once they did it like a like a shotgun like they scatter shotted yeah like the terminators through time time. they're just like (laughs) one of you one of you guys will find him if this one doesn't kill him this one 10 years later i'll do it (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's just like it's so counterproductive and how is it that no matter what every single time Every single time, a an, an inferior Terminator can beat an advanced Terminator. Because <laughs> it's Arnold, man. It's so dumb. It's so stupid. The whole point of bringing a, a more advanced model from the future would be so that they can clearly easily beat the inferior model as well as just fragile humans. But no, apparently not. Like, why didn't they send back the the terminators that can do like the the crazy edge of tomorrow type shit with their uh tentacle arms through the soldiers in the future you know what i'm talking about oh yeah like that's like why didn't they send those ones because that would have gotten rid of people real fast (laughs) well this technically it's a different a a different future and different timeline (laughs) so i mean I'll, i'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that but you do have a point of like the 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 T800 
<laughs> it just takes down everything, man. And if, and if that's the case, and if that's the case that they've realized that the T-800 is a perfect model that he can destroy any technology that comes after him many generations after the T-1000, the, the T-X uh, from Rise of the Machines, the, the Rev-9 and whatever else, then why don't they just send more T-800s or whatever, you know? Like, like why are they wasting their time with these advanced models when clearly they, they perfected the, the machine? <laughs> All right. it's, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. The machines best, are dumb. It's best not to think about it. <laughs> it's not to think about it too much. Um, I wrote, how many times is the augmented super soldier from the future going to remind us that she's an augmented super soldier from the future? <laughs> <laughs> She said that like twelve times. <laughs> Which, I I like when um when Arnold's character falls basically you know out of the plane, um and crashes into the water and has a big fight with the Terminator uh, underwater and they're battling and duking it out and like things are falling on them, but no matter what he still manages to come out of that okay, enough to the point where he still salvaged an entire syringe that has somehow not been damaged in the process of all of that. And he gives it to her like, Oh, by the way, here's your medicine. medicine. Don't forget to stick that cum in your butt. (laughs) Don't forget to put the cum right in your butt. Uh, The last thing I wrote or the last thing I'll mention uh, is in the, um, the scene where uh, Danny and Grace and Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor are, jumping the border they get they get apprehended on the other side and of course get put into um, a, a makeshift prison and Gabriel Luna's character you know comes in he they fight they escape but it was a really cool scene like I enjoyed that scene a lot but when when they've all escaped and they take off in the helicopter and Gabriel Luna's walking around and he runs into like more DPS officers or border patrol officers and he, he puts on that 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 Texas accent. Yeah. And he goes, you boys know where I can get my hands on a chopper? <laughs> Check the chopper store, you idiot. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you mean, where can I get my hands on a chopper? Just some guy. Well, <laughs> that line and, really made me laugh. And, I and laughed out th- loud when he said that. And when you think about it, does that make any sense why he would need to ask somebody need to need to resort to physical conversation with random strangers as to whether and where they he can find a helicopter when he just spent previous scenes with his hands dug deep into wires doing searches on every possible bit of surveillance like he doesn't know where another chopper is he knows where every chopper is (laughs) do you know where i can find the choppers that line (laughs) That line in that whole scenario, just like I said, I laughed out loud. I think the person who was also in the theater turned and looked at me <laughs> when I laughed at that, <laughs> that line. Uh, I mean, well, it's easy to like pick apart the really dumb things, Shop, because it's, I mean, there are a lot of really dumb things about this movie, but it wasn't bad. Exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm picking it apart because it's fun too, but yeah. Um, but all in all, like as an experience, I've had much worse times watching Terminator movies. This is by far and away, not the worst Terminator movie. Yeah. And it's not the, by far and away, not the worst thing we've seen all year. It's true. <laughs> it's true. 
I would much rather watch uh, Terminator Dark Phoenix. I'm just kidding. Dark Fate (laughs) um, (laughs) over Gemini Man or Dark Phoenix or much of of 2019, with the exception, of course, of uh, Endgame. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I think I'm going to agree. I think I'm going to agree. Like, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again, but if I was uh, strapped to a chair, uh, unable to move, and my eyes pried open and it was on TV, I would watch. Yeah. yeah. I would watch it again. Um, And so if you're out there listening and you're wanting to uh, watch Terminator Dark Fate, uh, we recommend you do it pretty fast because by the sounds of it, it's going to be out of theaters uh, by next week. (laughs) So get get out there while you can. I bet you it'll be on digital uh, home release off. Right this time next month. Calling oh, for it. For sure. For sure. Calling it, Shaw. But that's uh, that's Terminator Dark Fate for you, everybody. Yeah. And that is our after Halloween, Halloween special. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. If, you, uh, if you're if you looking to get some more uh, time with us individually, and you want to find us on various social media, and you liked Wonder Rob, guess what? You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Wonder Rob. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B. Two R's in that, Wonder and Rob. And then if you want to find me on Instagram, uh, chances are I probably won't accept your follow, but... It's still fun. It's still fun to search for me. Um, that's at I am the Shaf. Uh, I'm a more private person. Wonder Rob likes to share things. I yeah, like I'll accept your follow. <laughs> I keep my <laughs> shit public. Go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, but uh, definitely, you can look for us on there. Of course, uh, the social media uh, promo during the middle of our episode will have all the details on where you can find our podcast um, out there in the interwebs. Um, but of course, don't forget subscribe rate review us share tell everyone and uh please 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 tune in next week because we got even more awesome content coming to you on a weekly basis what is it we're not going to tell you we're going to surprise you so just uh <laughs> just make sure to tune in unless Same. i'm sick again oh i ruined it Shaf. unless Dang i'm it. sick again <laughs> okay do it Shaf. do it hit him with it all right so don't forget to tune in next week Same geek time. Same geek channel. We'll see you next time. (laughs) I love you. Thanks for tuning in. Love you. Come in my butt. (laughs) No, that's not what he said. (laughs) Just got head. Ew. (laughs) Gross.